to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna boot boot toot and boogie, Steven Steven's gonna boot toot. I tell you, man, early early nineties, <laughs> early nineties. I liked some Brooks and Dunn. I mean, we had a uh, like you, you would have been like three. <laughs> like, how old were you? Well, I knew how to boot <laughs> boot toot and boogie, man. <laughs> Uh, boot. I was old boot. enough. Let me put you put it that way. No, we had a we had a Brooks and Dunn greatest hits tape. Oh, okay. Hey, that, that uh, oh no. I mean, I grew up. I we grew up with the Brooks and Dunn cassette tape that like just got worn out. And I remember being so excited when we you know found that is? on CD. Yeah, <laughs> when we found that on CD, we were like, yes, let's buy this because the cassette tape was just so worn out. We were like, oh, we gotta buy it on CD. So, yeah. And I grew up with all those. With- I, I am not a concert goer. I just don't really particularly enjoy them. But I did see them at the fairgrounds in Lubbock uh, when I was in college. Wow. So that's Brooks fun. Was it a good time? Yeah, it was really good. Did you have Wranglers and a pocket knife? No. Pocket knife, yes. No Wranglers? No Wranglers, yeah. no. Boots? Red Wing boots, yeah. Because oh, every, boots. everybody at Texas Tech had that. Red Wing that's boots. You, you do, and that's, where you, that's why you have the tall wallet, because that was popular back then, too. It's probably why I have the tall wallet. I've had the same wallet now for 10 years. It's so totally, because I had a tall wallet, too, back yeah. then. Yeah, me too. So, well, part of it back then, honestly, was your checkbook. Your checkbook, yeah, that was yeah, a big deal. Because if not, you had to carry a checkbook plus your wallet. Yeah, and yeah, so it, it, it one. yeah, and so I don't have it. I don't carry a checkbook anymore. I still have one. You guys, Wait, don't you still pay for your bills? <laughs> I know. Do you give us a check every month? I know. You give Steven shut a check up. Now? Yeah, shut I don't trust up. auto draft. <laughs> <laughs> I think them their banks are trying to cheat me. Hey, did you guys know that? Uh, 82% of people with tattoos prefer hot weather over cold compared to just 63% of general people. Oh, wow. Like hot weather over cold. Well, you know why? Wow. You know why? What's that? You paid all that money for that ink. You want to be able to show it off. And if it's cold, you're That's covering it all up. You're wearing you're covering it up. It up. <laughs> yeah. Close. It's like, no, I want I want to be able to show off my tattoos. I still that would I paid. like to get a tattoo. I just, like the tattoo I want, I don't want to pay for it. Like there's so many other, like I'd rather just buy more crypto. Yeah. That's true. I paid $30 for mine. Just a K for her initials. Yeah, for I feel left out. Like hey, all, all you the guys. The machine have... was on for four and a half seconds, and he was like forty bucks, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, they, most of the places have a minimum. I'll do it myself next. Time. Yeah, yeah, prison <laughs> style with a machine. with yeah. a bic. Yeah, just, a bic. <laughs> just cut it and then fill it with needle. Yeah. Next podcast, we'll all give each other ink. You know, live on the air. I'm gonna have a. Uh, I'm down with it. You would be for sure. Yeah, I could see that. A waiver. The other are going to need to sign. We're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Ryan, how you doing? I am well. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, school's been back for a couple of weeks and yeah. doing uh, well. I had a art class this past Saturday, which was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a full day. But my art is showing at a gallery in town for this month from oh, awesome. the end of August through the end of September. And part of that is they have the featured artists come in and do like an art class for people. And so they sign up for it and it's pretty cool. Make a few bucks it's to teach neat. people some art. So yeah, that's, that's fun and nice. That is fun. It's pretty neat. That is nice. Yeah. Mike, how are you, man? Good. Good. Finally back in the swing of like 
school-ish schedule, yeah. but man, with sports, we got sophomore and freshman this year. Yeah, it's a lot of them. It's just a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of travel. Yeah, this is Asher's first year in athletics. Is it? And so um, for us, only Mondays and Tuesdays does he have to be there early. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, we have something every night right now, except for Friday night. Wow, that's exhausting. Wow. That is exhausting. But it's just it's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and your boys are both athletic. They enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's a well, big part. Grayson's our nine-year-old. He's playing football too. So it's like the yeah. next Saturdays. Yeah, true. For that. So it's just it's a lot. But I think it's a it's a routine you can get into. You know what I mean? So that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. You, um, that's but, true. You get to the point where you kind of know where everybody's going. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad this year that we have a car, that I bought a car last year with all this travel. Yes. Just the gas alone. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about making that move as much as I drive back into town, back and mm-hmm. forth to the studio and stuff. You I keep thinking like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my Tahoe is like it's been on its last leg for a while. I'm just like driving it until it's done. But there's part of me that just wants to just put another motor in it and then just go. Like, yeah. just let that be the one I drive forever. But I don't know. We'll see. It's cheaper. Potentially. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you have to keep fixing stuff, yeah. other things. Yeah. How about you, Pierce? Schiffer? I'm good, man. My daughter's only one. Don't have to worry about athletics yet. Because you're not a real parent yet. No, not, not yet. A real, not she a starts real parent. football next week. She starts <laughs> Pee wee, you know. It's crazy. Well, she is but walking, it's, but it's stuff, Monday so. through Saturday, so I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a rigorous schedule. <laughs> it's brutal. It'd be man. really funny if she was like star athlete. Like later, or you mean like right now? Yeah, like well, right now, be really later, funny because you, you were like you <laughs> were like we're in, talking about comedy in music and theater. But yeah, Hannah yeah. was really but good Hannah at basketball was. and other stuff. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it'd just yeah. be funny for you. She's yeah. gonna. It be would be like, kind of like yeah. my me having kids that none of them played soccer. True, which is the which case. is true. Yeah, yeah. which is sadly true. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, what well, I guess what would be like really funny <laughs> it's like me is having kids. Oh wait, would be really funny is if like she found like that one niche that like me and me and Hannah like never touched like chess club. Like she's like, <laughs> or she's like a mathlete. Like she's like just that one right. little area that like we never. Well, with the even, growth of esports, she'll probably be like a you know, like a and she'll be raking the millions and we'll yes. be really happy. So yeah. let's hope for that end of it and not the chess club side. She's what like she's into like clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, actually, actually, that would be, be the one dope. thing too if she yeah. went like the side of like That'd be super cool. super country. Dude, that would be. Dope. I'd be totally okay with it. Can you get her a tall wallet. Yeah, that's right. And, and a Rocky Mountain some, uh, some boots. She'll go, she'll go boot tooting. Boogie. <laughs> she putting a dip in. I went, <laughs> last month I went to the bathroom in, like after worship between services and someone was putting a dip in in the men's restroom. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I don't want people to see me doing this. I was like, other people would probably be happy because they wouldn't feel weird about putting a dip then in that. Then they could put one in. Nice. We just have spittoons all over, all over the church. Right. I mean, I can't. Complimentary I can almost guarantee that probably over with the four fifty six logo on the side. That'd be awesome. Right. Personal spittoons. Right, yeah. People just, <laughs> just smoking in there. That's right. Just, just smoke coming out from the doors. It's a good time. Man, church, man. we'll be boot scooting boogieing before too long. All right, we need everybody to clear out now because it's time for barbecue and two-stepping. <laughs> Throw the SBC. sawdust on the floor. <laughs> it's a good time. Oh, not affiliated with the Southern Baptist. <laughs> 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 throw that on the bottom down there, yeah. And oh. casino night next Thursday. <laughs> That's right. Oh, goodness. Well, hey, let's step on over to the PCC for a second. <laughs> We're going to go over to 
Pierce's Culture Corner. Mm. Hello, everybody. Well, you, if, you almost had a little Oprah in you there. Pierce's Culture Corner. Yay! Yeah. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nobody gets a car. <laughs> We're here hanging out. If you are, well, okay. I won't actually say it that way. What I was going to say is if you are in the uh, the podcast realm or the Christian realm, but I don't know if you if I can say that necessarily because I get exposed to this a lot. It doesn't mean you get exposed to this a lot, but all that to say there's a podcast right now um, that seems pretty popular. It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. I don't know if either one of you guys have heard of that. I haven't started. I listened to the teaser because someone told me about it, but I haven't mm-hmm. done like I haven't actually listened to it yet. I, gotcha. I haven't you, downloaded it. I've not listened to it. No. So what I appreciate about it, I haven't caught up <laughs> entirely, but I've listened to, I'd say most of it. Uh, but I go, I, I shouldn't say that hundred percent because maybe I haven't, maybe there's a lot more episodes that have dropped. But um, what I do appreciate about it is that it is coming at it from the standpoint of, from Mars Hill. That's the title, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. But they also are coming at it from the standpoint of just mega churches in general of why, how has mega, how have mega churches become a thing? What, excuse me. No, whoa. It was like, it was going to be a burp and then it was a hiccup and then it was like a bubble in my throat and then it was like a weird, and then it, and then it was a whimper. It went from like the manliest of things to like the none. How have they become? Mega churches. I'll just get a drink and try to like push the rest of it down. I had to look up. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, is there a dog in here? <laughs> it was like, yeah, it like reverted me back to being like four years old all at once. <laughs> I tried to push past it, but you wouldn't let me. <laughs> Micah's losing it. Micah does not lose it very often, but he's he's crying over here. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> we need we need that one for one of our Instagram posts. <laughs> Just <laughs> as a tiny little squeak. Wow. Yep. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so mega churches, where do they come from? Uh, yeah, where do they go? Stuff. Where do they come yeah. from? Top so nine exactly. <clears throat> so all that to say, um, listen to it a bit of it. It is, it is really interesting. This, this all happened. I mean, everything, the, the fall of Mars Hill was seven years ago and I'm not just, this isn't me. Uh, if you guys were greatly affected by everything that happened with Mark Driscoll and with Mars Hill, this isn't me. Um, negating any emotion, negating anything that may have happened with you back then. But it, it, it does feel like a long time ago now, at least at least from my perspective. I, I wasn't in the midst of this. I wasn't uh, at the heart or at the core of any of these things. But I do still find myself um, still surprised and so heartbroken that there are so many people whose entire Christian lives have been uprooted and destroyed and um, burned away because of one man's actions. <laughs> yeah. And by I mean, uprooted is probably a strong word because what it showed was there was no roots <clears throat> to it to begin with. Sure. Um, yeah, and, there wasn't much uprooting. And there, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, and and that, and that's and and I should I should clarify real quick because you guys aren't in my head. This isn't this isn't through me listening to the podcast. The interviews in the podcast, like these are people that were that were very that were very personally directed, like deep relationships with the people involved, with the church leadership. So, like, actually, my observations are with people sharing stuff online. 
um, with that, that actually didn't know the leadership, that actually didn't have relationships with Mark Driscoll, that didn't have relationship with the elders, that didn't have relationships uh, with the worship pastors and these other people that are people that were just like merely going to satellite campuses that were not super duper connected, but they were there, if that makes sense. So that, that may be, that may be unfair for me to say, um, but they weren't the people being interviewed in the podcast. So that just to be hundred percent clear as me, um, as a culture commentator. Um, but I see these people sharing these posts. I see these people, uh, online. I see these people, um, sharing different things on social media and I see their comments on it. And I just think how, how sad it is that here we are seven years later and their view of it is their own deconstruction. Their view of it is, um, is they've been spiritually abused. Their own, their own view of it is church hurt or whatever language you want to tie on to it. But really all it is, is they put their faith and their trust in a singular human being who is charismatic. Um, and I don't even know all the ins and outs of what happened with Mark Driscoll necessarily, but they put their faith and their trust in a mega church and a charismatic leader. And then when that fell apart, so did they, and they didn't Mm. turn to a God who was loving. They turned inward and they turned to hate and they turned to selfishness uh, and they turned to pride and they don't think they did. They think that they think that Mark Driscoll is prideful. They think that Mark Driscoll, Mark Driscoll is greedy. And yeah, sure, of course. But they're only pushing, they're only blaming, and then they're chasing stuff about themselves. And no one in the midst of any of these things, that from what I'm seeing, is turning back to God, mm. returning to the gospel. And 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 even in the midst of it as well. And this isn't this isn't a commentary on the podcast at all. There's a lot that I think the podcast is doing well. Um, but if you guys know of people who have been affected by this, and I and I do, and I've and I think I've done a poor job. Um, I don't know. Maybe it may be unfair on myself. I'll, I'll think about that. I'll think about that more later. Um, that have been affected by these things, and they haven't been reminded of the grace of God. Um, remind them of the gospel. Sure. Maybe they need an avenue to complain. Maybe they need an avenue to express the hurt, to express those things. But they can complain all the way to hell. They can complain all the way to condemnation. They can complain all the way to that. Um, what they need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't just need a shoulder to cry upon. They don't just need an outlet to write a blog um, and to, 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 to complain in the midst of of this. I mean, sure, this podcast is getting a lot of details out there that weren't out there before. And now, now therefore these people feel like they are, they can now have more of a voice in the social media realm because of this podcast, which I guess is good in some respect, but what's better is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's heartbreaking and it's heart wrenching as that is. Um, it still just breaks my heart that, that there are people that, put all their faith in one organization and one man sure. and are so still seven years later in this period of deconstruction, whatever you want to title it. Which is really it. just a justification to go through these thoughts. I think exactly <laughs> to your point, like maybe they just needed a venue to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I don't know many of the details either. 
I haven't listened to the podcast, nor did I really follow it online that much, admittedly. Mm-hmm. I just missed the music. Oh, yeah. Right, some man? of like, my favorite bands came out of that. Right. That that group, I guess, that yeah. church. Anyways, but phenomenal music. Oh, yeah. Such, oh, there's, y'all should, I mean, I would, the, one of the most recent episodes, I would highly recommend you could you guys listen to actually what we just talked about with church leadership last week. A lot of the things that they actually approach leadership, I was like, oh man, that's a lot of our heartbeat with leadership was a lot of their original heartbeat for how they wanted to do leadership. So I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Really? Oh yeah. Super interesting. So like, um, maybe we need to do a church leadership part two in light of some of the ways that one of the biggest churches in America failed. <laughs> so like, well, I, it's, for, it's interesting. I know that maybe I shouldn't have, I don't know if there. this is, I don't know if this is them, but <clears throat> common like to add to what we did last week. Like I know there are what they call elder led or overseer led churches mm-hmm. where there's still a CEO. Yeah, exactly. And that's what usually happens in those situations. I don't know if that's the Mark Driscoll situation, but that's what usually happens in those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Ooh. Oof. How am I going to mm. transition this one? With a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you. Ooh. Dr. Pepper. Not a sponsor. Doctor is in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I might. I'm, this well, is, actually. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, okay. Let's see here. In the midst of everything with Marcel, somebody misused their position. <laughs> Okay. And we wow, are you're really, really stretching. I know this that's one. that one's quite a stretch. We are talking about righteousness as a position by faith. That's not a misuse of a position. That's exactly where the position should be. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. huge stretch. Yeah. That's just call me no, the yoga not, master. Yeah. <laughs> the yoga master <laughs> because I mean, you said it's it, forever your name now because <laughs> yep we got we got micah and ryan and the yoga master <laughs> can you wear a speedo like that dude in couples retreat <laughs> yeah, like a right. full yeah. uh, just a full body leotard is what i would prefer <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so we are talking this week about righteousness as a position before god um i think that a lot of times uh people either don't realize or don't really fully believe that our righteousness is dependent upon Christ mm-hmm. and and not dependent upon us. Whoa. But Ryan, <laughs> isn't righteousness dependent upon our works? Well, actually, Pierce, uh, righteousness has nothing to do with our works. No. We, we, I know. It's shocking. But we we can't. Uh, it wasn't our works. I think that this is part of the big problem, right? We we think it's our works that have separated us from God. And it, it wasn't our works. It was our identity that separated us from God. The Bible talks about in Romans 5, um, 6, 8, and 10, that while we were yet powerless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, uh, that we were enemies of the cross of Christ. Um, Ephesians, maybe chapter 2, says that we were by nature objects of wrath apart from Christ. And so th- this is this is our identity without Jesus. Our identity without Jesus is, is a position before God of being his enemy, of being wicked, of being unrighteous, of being unholy. And then when we've put our faith in, in God, uh, who has provided salvation for us through Christ and, and Christ shed blood on the cross and the empty tomb, when we do that, we receive the righteousness of Christ. We receive the righteousness of God. And so 2 Corinthians 5.21, if anyone is in Christ, uh, sorry, that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. 
And then 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf, that we would become the righteousness of God. And so we, in the same way that our works aren't what separated us from God, neither is it our works which uh, grant us favor in the sight of God. It is it is righteousness that we have because of faith and because of who Christ is. And so we want to talk about that today, that righteousness is not dependent upon our works. It is a, an unchanging um, set position before God Almighty because of of the work of Can you talk Jesus. about righteousness for a second? Like give us kind of like no. a biblical model of righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you know, so like when we talk about when we talk about righteousness, when we talk about uh, holiness, these kinds of things, we're talking about I think people talk about it in different ways. People talk about it in being in a right standing with God or being pleasing to God. Oh, sorry, I, just to be, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but like we would say those two things are different. Yeah. Righteousness and holiness. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that people use them a lot the same. Oh, you're saying people use them the same. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And and so um, people use these kinds of, but thanks for clarifying. I appreciate it. Uh, so people, people will talk about righteousness and... Um, and maybe that's where some of the confusion comes in. Maybe, maybe the reason that people don't understand righteousness as yeah, yeah, because these are generic terms people use to try yep. to, just, which I think is really a typically a lack of understanding of a biblical usage, and so you just right. kind of lump them all together. Yeah. So, um, talking about uh, maybe that maybe that is where it comes in. Maybe people think of holy conduct or holy behavior, and they're like, oh, I wasn't, I didn't behave holy this week, or I didn't behave in a holy manner this week. Therefore, I'm not righteous, and maybe they're marrying those two terms. Uh, but righteousness is absolutely our identity um, in Christ. It is, uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to say the same thing, but we'll come back to it in a minute. Philippians 3.9. Let me come back to that in a minute. But uh, this, this idea of being right with God, being someone who is pleasing in the sight of God, being someone who is right with God, like this, this idea of that. And, and so a lot of times we think um, that my behavior is what made me not right with God. So my different behavior is what's going to make me right with God. Yeah. And, uh, and you are right with God because of faith. And this is, I'll come to it now, because Philippians 3, 9 says that we have received a righteousness which comes by faith and not by works. And so like, uh, it, it is a, this righteousness is a gift of God. And um, it, has, it has been given to us out of the kindness of God through the work of Christ. And I think that's maybe where the <clears throat> distinction is often missed is what you just said, that righteousness comes as a work of Christ. Yes. So we receive it by faith, but it's something that, was only accomplished by Jesus. And I think that's the battle you see across the scriptures is people seeking to become righteous by the things that they do. Right. Rather than acknowledging that they can't right. accomplish righteousness or attain righteousness, a right standing in the sight of God. Right. Before a good, you said it earlier, a right position before God on their own. Right. And so it's it's simply by believing that Jesus did that for us and that was enough. Absolutely. So I think Romans 8, uh, the first few verses of Romans 8 really outline that for us. So there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, the reason there is no condemnation is because righteousness isn't based on works. It's based on Christ. Mm -hmm. It's based on faith in Christ. But there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For what the law could not do, weakened as it was by the flesh, God did, in, or Christ did, in fulfilling the law. And so so the, the Bible tells us uh, in, in Ezekiel 18, um, that the soul who sins will die. 
Um, and then it goes through all these things and it's, and it says, but the soul who does this, and there's like a list of like 15 things. It says, this soul is the one who is righteous and they will live. And the implication is no one, no one can do that. Right. So the soul who sins will die. And then there's all these things and you're like, okay, I could do that one. I didn't worship an idol. Okay. I could do that one. I didn't do this. And then it gets down to, and keeps your hand from doing all wrong. And you're like, oh, well, crud. <laughs> you know, couldn't even led with that. One? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, wh why do you have to? It's, they're like baiting you. Ezekiel is baiting yeah, you going, right. you thought like you had you it, say, didn't you? Pierce with the uh, summer camp form, with all the things that, that you couldn't bring, it was like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. don't bring bombs or, yeah, right. you know, like all this big stuff. And then it was like, you also can't bring a pocket knife. Like, yeah, exactly. Can you leave with the one that you might actually bring to <laughs> yeah, camp? Right. Yeah. Does anybody have any plutonium, <laughs> you know, uranium or whatever? Uh, yeah. So, so Ezekiel makes this point that that no one's going to be able to do this. No one's going to be able to be righteous. And so what Christ did literally is because the Bible already tells us that if anybody can uphold the entire law, they're righteous. Yeah. And so what Christ did is literally came and upheld the entire law. Yeah. He obeyed it. He, he followed God. He served God. Now the Pharisees didn't feel that way about it. They had a wrong view of the law. We could talk, we've talked about them a little bit before, but, uh, but Jesus came and fulfilled the law, accomplished what the law required. And so now you and I, before God, aren't viewed as lawbreakers. We're viewed as law fulfillers, mm -hmm. but not on the basis of what we've done, but on the basis of what Christ has done. We, we, we inherit his righteousness. We inherit his work. And so that's what all of our faith rests on. And so righteousness, your righteousness as a believer is not in question today. Uh, it's not in jeopardy today. And, and I think that probably there's some of you, some of you reach out to me and talk to me. And so I, I know this for a fact, but some of us feel like, man, but you don't know how badly I screwed up this week. Mm. Uh, to that, I would say you're forgetting how righteous Christ is this week. <laughs> like, and I'm trying to speak with a little bit of exaggeration, but you know, Christ is righteous. Christ mm. is everything. He's, he fully pleases the father. Well, He's glorified. The, the question father. is asked, like when you say, but you don't know how bad I screwed up this week. The, cre the question is asked from the perspective of trying to attain righteousness by works. Yeah. And I think that's where we miss uh, uh, The second part of, <clears throat> is it verse two of Romans eight? Maybe it's the end of verse one. You skipped it a second ago, but uh, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the yeah. law of sin and death. And I think people misunderstand, or they miss that maybe? Like yeah. you've been set free yes. from the law of sin and death, which means that it is, is no longer part of your life. Yeah. So we could say, like, we would agree, we would all look at the Old Testament law, the Abrahamic law, and go, we want to learn <clears throat> some things from this. We want to learn the character of God from this. We want to learn yeah. his intention, but we want to look at look at it in context, mm -hmm. not as a law given to us for life today, right. but as the narrative of the story of redemption. Right. That, and we could see the character of God revealed, but, like, we're not, I mean, we're... Well... Why in the world would you, why in the world would you try to uphold something that you can't? Right. And then now having been set free from that obligation, why would you try to run back to it? You've yeah. been set free. There, there are two systems by which we can operate in the world, and only two. We can operate by a system of works, or we can operate by a system of grace. Mm -hmm. and, and those are the two systems. And if we operate by a system of works, we will never be right in the sight of God, ever. Yeah. Uh, there, it, you're, you're always an enemy. You're always in jeopardy. You're always on your way to hell. But if we operate by this system of grace, then we rest on what Christ has done. And I think a really great picture of that is in 2 Corinthians 3, where he's talking about the law versus the gospel. And, and Paul says that the law had glory, 
it, the, the law, ha- there was a benefit to the law. There was a blessing from the law. There was a glory that the law had, but the glory that the law had became no glory in light of the gospel. So yeah. once Christ came, his glory is so much better that it, 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 the illumination of Christ, the glory of Christ causes the glory of the law to become no glory. Right. And he calls it twice uh, a ministry of death and a ministry of condemnation. <laughs> and now in Christ, it's a ministry of life and yeah. a ministry of righteousness, right? And so like, so we, we have a works-based view of standing before God can never land you in a comfortable position before God. It's always a position of damnation. But a, work, a grace-based view of righteousness that comes through faith, l- literally, like, th- this is something that I wish, I'm not going to say I didn't understand it. I, I knew that I couldn't save myself by my own works as, from a very young age. I don't think I understood the richness of it mm. until probably the last six or seven years. That, that, uh, that here I am in my 40s now, and my position before God is never called into question because Christ's position before God is never called into question. Yeah. And, and I stand before God on the merit of Jesus and not on the merit of Ryan. Mm-hmm. And so that's righteousness. You know? I think there's a lot of uh, preaching that is the antithesis of that, mm-hmm. sadly, that we are kind of taught if you grow up in church or if you're around church for a while that um, there's this measure that's put on you yeah. Um, which is funny because I think the implication that of that kind of teaching is we still want to be able to control your morality. Right. Like I learned this a, a few years ago from a buddy of mine who was taking this class in seminary where he, he told me, he goes, I didn't know this that, that until we looked at this today about the history of what they call the third use of the law um, or the moral law. Mm-hmm. That that was something that was an idea that was created by Calvin and Zwingli when they were in, what, like where was it, like Geneva or wherever they were at because the people were so immoral they needed a way to control the people yeah and so they came up with this concept of the third use of the law or the the moral law so even which is something that we've used in our churches for the last 500 years yeah like, you know well, yeah of course we don't do sacrifices anymore but these parts of the law we still have to right. obey because this is the moral law and it's so sticky and i love 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 in my brash crass nature that paul talks about this in galatians by saying yeah. if circumcision in other words if works of the law He's doing the contrast between grace and works of the law. Right. He's like, if if works of the law or if circumcision is such a big deal to you, then just cut the whole freaking thing off. I added, yeah. I added the freaking thing, but that's yeah. kind of the, <laughs> that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah. If cutting off a little bit of the foreskin makes you a little bit holy, just chop the whole thing off. Cut the whole thing off and be really holy. Be really holy. <laughs> I mean, and be like, I'm out. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know? that in my mind is the best way to describe trying to earn earn a uh, salvation by your own works to me yeah. period is like you you think you say okay i know i've been saved by grace through faith in jesus christ but i still have to earn god's favor by by living this certain way F- first of all you've misunderstood it right. second of all if that's the case paul's saying then just cut the whole thing off and i think the misunderstanding is where people people hear us talk about this and they'll say so you're saying that we can just go live however the hell we want to live mm. that's what they say yeah Maybe they don't say it quite like that. But they that's do. That's what they mean. Yeah. Um, and the answer technically is yes, but you won't. Right. Which I we'll talk about next week. I next think. week. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's where people, like the whole goal, I think, with this like workspace mentality is to keep people from living a sinful life. And it is 
from the premise of the law, yeah. which has done nothing but condemn us, which has done nothing but enslave us. We've been freed from that. In Galatians, he talks about the two mountains, the mountain of slavery and the mountain of freedom. Right. And why in the world would you run back to slavery when you've been freed from that? And that's how yeah. we try to live right. when we teach you know, morality from that perspective. I think morality, this idea of morality has suffocated the gospel message for a long time in the United States of America. Sure. Absolutely. I, go ahead. I was going to say, I think when people ask that question, they, they, they are always coming at it from the standpoint of forgetting, forgetting the very first part, which is, which is where Paul is coming from as well. Um, in Galatians with what you've referenced is, um, if you've got, when, how does he phrase it? Um, when you were saved, were you saved by works of the law or were you saved by the spirit? Okay, yeah. well, if you've been saved by the Spirit, well, then are you, is your salvation being continued by the Spirit, or are you going? Are are are, are now? Are you going to add to yeah. it? Are you going to add to it the works of the law? Is it going to be continued by the Spirit? And so, same thing is like Paul's basically um, addressing those questions before they can answer it. Hey, whoa, 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 let's pause for a second and go back to the freaking beginning of it. Yeah, like same thing with those with those questions is that people what they're wanting to do is is you're right. There's an aspect of it where people are saying like I'm wanting to protect. I don't know, the children, the flock, the whatever, from from the from bad dangers of the world, right. from sin, from whatever, from sex, from pornography, whatever it is. I want to protect people. And what they're doing is they're putting everything onto themselves, onto their teaching, onto their lesson, whatever it may be. And they're saying, I've got to construct some sort of rule that can protect people, or I've got to manipulate and twist this law to build a fence around my flock so that they can be protected from the sins and the dangers of the world instead of resting upon the grace and the power of Christ and the spirit that he's given us. And let's start from the beginning, which is the gospel. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning, yeah, that's which why is Paul's the power so, of the cross. That's why Paul's so pissed in Galatians. Exactly, yeah. It's not because of the, what they're doing, their actions. It's because it's tainting the gospel. Exactly. Right. In fact, right before that, what you mentioned, where mm-hmm. he, he's like, you think now being saved by grace, you can go back to the law. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Yeah. yeah. And then he says, he says, may those who teach you this, may they be a Greek word anathema, may they be condemned. What he says is to hell with the people who preach yeah. other gospel yeah. is what he says. Damn them. Like, come on, dude, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the basics. Like, and that's what's, I mean, that's time and time again throughout Paul's letters is like, let, let me remind you. I mean, in, 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 um, I wasn't saying grace. I mean, I, I think even in, in in what he's doing in Galatians, in in the letter to the Galatians, I would say it's gracious, even though it is brutal. I would say that it is, oh, 100%, it, is, yeah. it, is it is out of love because he's wanting to correct them and get them to it. But there is time and time again where he is reminding people, like, "Hey, stop, stop going after the course of this world. Stop going after all these things. Let's come back. Why?" Because of who Jesus is. Why? Yeah. Because of the cross. Why? Because of the empty grave. Why? Because of the work of the Spirit. Why? Because you're not of the world anymore. Well, you touched you touched on it just then. Love, mm-hmm. like that's that's the key element. Mm-hmm. And when we think about when we think about who God is, when we think about First John four, that we love because He loved us first. When we think, and we'll talk about this text, or I'll talk about this text a little bit next week. But in John fourteen, where He says, uh, "The one who loves me keeps my commandments." These kinds of things, right? Like. That when we know who God is, when we understand who Christ is, it compels us. It, mm-hmm. it moves us to a place where we want to to please God. But law law comes from the basis of fear or mm. control. Yeah. Um. And and so again, back in First John, uh, he he says, you know, the perfect love casts out fear because where fear exists exists also it's the fear of punishment. Like you're you're afraid of being in trouble, right? Yeah. One one of the things that my boys have 
really come to hate in our home. And it's so funny because I, I try to minimize, for, for lack of a different term, like rules and laws in our home that don't have as their aim either the safety of the kids or moving them towards Christ, right? So uh, we have a rule. <laughs> right. I, I try to minimize those my, things. My one rule. <laughs> my one rule is to have fewer rules. Uh, but uh, we have a we have a snack basket that uh, now they can reach everything. But we have a snack it's basket that when basket. they were littler, they could, they could reach you know <laughs> yeah. all sorts of stuff in it. And we you know we would just say if you're hungry, like if I if you don't see me cooking dinner, you know, and you're hungry, get a snack. Like you don't need to go around hungry all day. Well now. Like Asher will come to me and he'll be like, dad, can I have some of those brownies? And I'm like, yeah. And so he'll be like, how many? I'm like, a reasonable amount. And he goes, just tell me. He's like, give me the rule. <laughs> he's like, just like, tell me how many can I have? Cause I, I know he's over there thinking like, is this reasonable? Can I, can I have more? And I was like, you've already eaten dinner, dude. Like just, you know, don't make yourself sick. You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, but I, I think we, I think we want, rules. We crave rules. And it is really hard. I don't know why. I don't, don't know why it's hard for the human heart to just rest in provided righteousness. I mean, isn't that kind of the, the gist of what happened in, in Genesis with the fall? Yeah. Was trying to take it on ourselves. Yep. Yeah. So I think that, I don't know what that is either, but I think that's been our tendency since the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and in sure. a practical standpoint, like, you know, someone might go, well, Okay, whatever. Like, I know I'm righteous before God. Stop dogging me for how I live my life. Have you ever thought about how much a works-based mindset can wreck every other aspect of your life? Like, yeah. imagine mm-hmm. those of you who have approached your marriage from a works-based yep. mindset. Yeah. You're pissed at your wife all the time because you have a standard that she's not living up to. She's mad at you because she has a standard you're not living up to. Right, yeah. What if the goal was Ephesians 5 where husbands, you treat your wife in this way, love your wife this way because this is the way Christ loves the church and wives, yeah. you you interact and submit to your husband in this way because this is the way the church interacts with Jesus with the point of the world seeing that picture in your marriage. Yeah. What if that was the goal instead of works? Because the right. moment you bring works into a relationship, it fails. Oh, yeah. Because you, nobody can you're going to be let down. Standards. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you might say, well, I don't think this is that big of a deal, but it is because it plays out in every aspect yeah. of your life. The moment you can switch your thinking and recognize your position before God because of faith in Jesus, that you're now righteous through faith by grace of yeah. God. Then now that if you let that flow into every other aspect of your life, you're not as hard on yourself. You're not as hard yeah. on others. Um, your relationships get better. So it does make a difference. It does for sure. I mean, we, we live in a world where works are rewarded. And, and so I think it's hard to kind of break free from that and yeah. come into or, our... And I think, hmm. okay, and maybe to be... Shrewd. ask a question on What's that, to be shrewd. I, I think that I want to distinguish biblically between what we call works of the law and then things that someone as a follower of Jesus does yes. for the glory of Jesus, which, because there are some New Testament passages that speak of rewards that we get for the things we do. Absolutely. And so that's where I think maybe there's yeah. a distinction is like, I don't mind rewards at all. Right. What you're saying is if the rewards come from a law-based works mindset, then we're, we're reemphasizing the wrong perspective. Right. And so I think, honestly, it's like, I think rewards, positive rewards are maybe one of the best way to teach. Yeah. Um, and train and, yeah. you know, make people acclimated to a certain way of doing things and thinking. You can do this with animals. You do this with children, um, which is why I hate the stupid, like, everybody gets a trophy thing in sports. Yeah. As an athlete, I'm like, but somebody won. Yeah. Somebody won. You know, 
My yeah. kids were given trophies when they were like in little soccer growing up and little soccer. We didn't keep those trophies. Yeah. They don't mean anything. Yeah. They mean they worthless. mean you showed up. <laughs> worthless. But but we are in a society where um like I mean you're not going to and, and maybe this is the the misconception, but you're not going to advance in your career field very well if you're lazy and just kind right, of a right. pathetic worker. But if you work really hard and diligently, then there are more opportunities for advancement. And I think that maybe that's the mistake that we've made. I think that we've uh, we've confused, which we'll talk about more next time. But holiness as a practice, like practicing holiness, uh, we've confused that with with the position of righteousness before God. Like you you cannot move to a better position before God. <laughs> like you you can't. Because of who Christ is, you are in the best possible position before God that you could possibly be. Now, if if you have questions, if you're listening right now and you're going, yeah, but I don't always honor God with my life. Great question. We can talk about that. We will next podcast. But but what I want you to understand is that regardless of uh, of your of your conduct today and where do you feel like you've fallen short and where do you feel like you haven't measured up or uh, so sins of omission, sins of commission. You're like, man, I didn't read my Bible enough or, oh man, I, I did this bad thing that I shouldn't have done or whatever that, that it is your faith in Jesus that secures your position before God as righteous. And, uh, and so we're not, we're not talking about how you behave today as something that impacts your righteous position before God, your righteous position before God is set and what's what's the what's the word? Antim I can't say it. I wish I was smart enough to say it. It's not in my head. But your your righteous thing? <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Pierce. Your righteous position is set and established because of who Christ is. And like let that has to be our starting place. When we start talking about from Titus, the good deeds that we do, when we start talking about how my life is changed because of who Christ is, mm. all of that flows out of the position of righteousness I have in God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to earn righteousness. It is. It flows from that. And now I'm getting into the next week's topic. So let's just wrap this one up so can we can you, start because I'm clearly can excited you think about, about like like the possibility of like thanking Jesus face to face. Like, hey, thanks Jesus for what you did, um, but it really wasn't enough. Right. So I got to keep doing these other keep things. Doing, look at this other stuff I added to it. Yeah. Like, appreciate you doing all that work, but what was that thing that people used to say that? A gentleman God thing, like, <laughs> yeah, he's a gentleman he'll God. Take like ninety nine steps would expect you to take the last one. Yeah, yeah. Too bad, yeah. but none of us are capable of. Taking yeah, he, the last he one. won't. He won't force you. You know, like he won't force your hand. He's Which a gentleman is, God. I get that's like a response to a certain theological bent on salvation. Yeah. But I think what we're trying to convey here is that we are incapable of gaining righteousness on our own. Yes. And Jesus was the only one who did it. And yes. uh, by just associating with him through faith, saying, I believe in you and what you did, your death and your resurrection, um, that we get to partake in that. Yeah. I think there's this, there's this sense too where we somehow don't believe that even though we say we believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think about it like this. I, I used to use this example when I was teaching um, about love. Like, if I tell my wife I love her, but I'm having five affairs right now. Um, that doesn't imply love. You know, right. It conveys something mm-hmm. different. If I say, I believe I'm righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, but the way I live my life is still trying to earn it on my own, I don't think you really understood what it meant to put your faith in Jesus. There's something not clicking. Yeah. 
by yeah. clicking there. I know that's like next week what we're talking about, the yeah. application of that. But I think that the foundation has to be laid that none of us are capable of earning righteousness on our own. Right. I like, uh, I mean, Romans is kind of a commentary on this for a long time as yes. well. In chapter three, when he says righteousness, um, the law and the prophets, you know, alluded to that righteousness comes by faith to all who believe. Um, <clears throat> or that's chapter one, isn't it? No, no, no. Chapter three, um, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. And all are justified by his grace basically yeah. through faith in Jesus Christ. And so there's this, I think sometimes we talk about this. Well, I'm not, I hear people say like, God will never take me because I'm not good enough. Right. Mm. Oh no. Good you're news. Not, you're not you? good enough. Yeah. yeah. No and one like, is. <laughs> none of us yeah. are good enough. And that's yeah. why, that's why the righteousness comes to all yeah. who believe. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, uh, I think people would be like, well, I don't deserve that. Or I don't do, well, you're right. Like th this isn't an issue of you deserve. This is an issue of who Christ is. And so like when Romans eight says that we are heirs of of God and co-heirs with Christ, that is on the basis of Christ and not ourselves. Like we we didn't put ourselves in a position to be co-heirs with Jesus. We didn't put ourselves in a position to inherit the blessing of God. Christ did that. And and yeah. we are identified by his name and we are identified like as as one with him. It, you know, I mean, what does what does Paul say in First uh, Corinthians six that if you've joined yourself to the Lord, you've become one spirit with him, yeah. and and so one spirit with Christ causes the spirit within us to testify that we belong to Christ, and it is it is belonging to Christ. It is that faith that causes us to share in His inheritance, mm -hmm. um, and and so that's that is a standing that I'm, I mean, listen, this is ludicrous to say because it's impossible, but if Christ can change then our inheritance can change. Our position can change. In that he is the unchanging God, yeah. you are in safe, you're in a safe spot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like your righteousness is intact. And, uh, and I, don't, uh, I, I don't know how broken you feel today or how, uh, how lowly you feel today or how far, far short you feel you have fallen today. But if you have put your faith in Jesus, then your righteousness is intact and not only intact, but like untarnished and unspoiled and just as beautiful as it has always been because it is based not on you or me, but on Christ. Mm -hmm. I think Billy Graham said something like to the effect of there's probably tons of people in church week in and week out who think they're going to heaven, but are actually going to hell. It was It's not what he said, but it's yeah. like that. And I think that, a lot of that you could attribute to this perspective that the gospel is actually about works, this mm -hmm. morality-based yeah. gospel. I think that there's, sadly enough, there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, who claim to be followers of Jesus, but are still trying to be good enough so they can yeah. say they're Christians and followers of Jesus. And that is the antithesis of the gospel. That is what Paul is saying in Galatians. May those people who proclaim that gospel be condemned. Mm -hmm. May they be condemned to hell. Because yeah. that that is a gospel that has overtaken the West um, in such a way. And honestly, I've heard this. It's bled into Africa. Sure. Um, there's, man, I'm, I'm well, probably I'm, Asia as well. But it was the first century. That's Paul, true. Paul addressed it so much. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been and, forever. The, you know, the, I think a, a simple kind of test is if you're listening to this, just answer this question in your own mind. Like, um, why do you believe that you're a Christian? And I'm not saying you're not a Christian if you give this answer, but if your first answer is, well, I go to church, well, I tithe, well, I've gone on this mission trip, then your view of righteousness is works-based. Mm -hmm. um, if, if somebody says, how do you know you're a Christian? 
the the real answer is what do we believe about Jesus? Yeah. And and that that is our answer, not our behavior, but who Christ is. That's how I know I'm a Christian because I I, I know that Jesus is Lord because I know that God's raised him from the dead. That's mm-hmm. that's how I know I'm a believer. And uh and and so that would be our encouragement. That would be my encouragement uh, to you guys is is move away from this con- self-condemning language or self-exalting language that is based off of how you have or have not performed this week and let your language be Christocentric where you say that my righteousness, and this is the simpler view, my righteousness is based on who Jesus is. And you could maybe make it more applicable for people like my identity yeah. as, my, as someone who's righteous now rests in Christ yeah. and not me. And what we'll get to next week is how that can greatly in an incredible way affect your life and right. the way that you live. Like, we just all want to go there right now, I know, because I know. it's like... It's exciting. It's just... It, it, it is like, like, as someone... I'll say, I, this may be too far, so tell me if it's too far. As someone who was a Christian when they were young but lived the majority of their Christian life from a works-based mindset, the freedom you've experienced when it shifted from law to grace has been immense. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, Michelle and I were just talking about that the other day, that we feel like we had a really good marriage. We, we did have a really good marriage our first eight years, but the last six years with our shift in perspective has changed everything in our family. Um, from the way we relate to one another, to the way we relate to our boys and the way we relate to people outside of our household. And so like, it's, it's shifted almost every single facet of our behavior. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're no, fine. It's, okay. it's good. We have a visitor Girls in the studio. Come to the Hi. studio. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Out here at Stevens Ranch in That's the right. studio. Got the kids coming in for the podcast. Killing it. That scared me so hard. Did it? Really? <laughs> I don't know. It was just like poof. Did you think was... your righteousness was in jeopardy? That's right. I did not. Thank <laughs> thank Jesus. But uh literally. But it was just boom. And then there was a pause. And I was like, I'm surprised you didn't go, oh, there's something in the Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I think both of you guys uh, summarized everything brilliantly between the two of them. I mean, I I've noticed how you, lately you haven't been wanting to summarize anything. <laughs> what, like, what you're you, just like, what, well, you, you guys what, what did you, it. What you guys do is y'all talk for a while. And then what, you, what y'all have done is y'all just summarize exactly what you say. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to talk anymore. <laughs> I look at the timer and I look at the timer and I'm like, well, if I just start talking, then I'm going to do the exact same thing and talk for five minutes and summarize what I said. And then y'all are going to be like, well, let me well, you, that real quick. So you grew up not in the same situation as Ryan, but in a similar situation as mm-hmm. Ryan, right? Law based churches and mindset. Ish. Yeah, I would I would say not not exactly not as intense, but well, you're you're ish. 15 years younger than me, so I feel like that's enough difference in age that church was different 15 years before you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So I would say some like, of the Southern Baptist churches I grew up in. There was a lot of stereotypical Baptist stuff, but it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't as like staunch as I feel like a lot yeah. of stuff that you've said uh, that you grew up with. But also, there's just a lot of it that I've kind of like wiped away just because I don't think that I was as dedicated to it. And I guess um, technically the switch for you happened at a younger age. It did. And also, like, I grew up. Yeah, because you there, you were party of this conversation with us. You were part of this conversation with us when we had this in 2015. I was partying during <laughs> you were like, partying the conversation, conversation with us. Yeah, I, I yeah. was younger during it. And also, I began having a lot of, like, um, wait a minute type conversations whenever I was, like, 
I don't know, probably 15 or 16. Like yeah. there, there was that, that's when I was starting to get in the hardcore scene and there was a lot of like question authority type, type of conversations. You're talking about the music scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the music. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Getting into the music scene of just like, uh, I like for him that there's only one hardcore. There scene. is only one hardcore scene. <laughs> one hardcore. Anyway. Uh, and there was a lot of that like question authority mentality. And so it was, Maybe that was like the pre-deconstruction. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it was that that began the whole like, why do we do this type thing? Why? And so it was like, and so I guess we begin to question the norms of church and we begin to question the, these norms. And kind the of only funny is that to, actually started in the traditional form of what we have today as church started with his, with Ryan's generation. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Gen X was the one that started shifting. That's where you saw like oh, gotcha. big shifts in culture. I think your generation is the one that reaped the benefits of that because it was gotcha. more normative for yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. to do that. And then and then that bled into like the Francis Chan, the Mark Driscoll, the Matt Chandlers, where uh-huh. it was like these people, the the reformed movement or whatever you want to call it, and, like the yeah. 08, 09, uh, really kind of pushing well um, for back to the scripture instead of when I was when I was twenty three. 22, something like that. Uh, Passion was getting kicked off. Yeah. You had yeah. Louis Giglio, you had Piper, and you had these guys who really had a desire for the word, mm-hmm. really had a desire that people would know the scripture. And and I think that, you know, philosophically, we might disagree with them on some things, but like... Uh, it was a good movement. I mean, but, it was a good but change. But the, the genuineness of their heart, I don't think is questioned at right, all, right. you know? No. And, and so there were a lot of guys in my college uh, age that like my age and a year younger, th- there are probably from our college ministry, there were probably like 20 or 30 of us that went into ministry. And I would say that most of us are still in it, still doing this, you know, now 20 something years later. That's crazy. Because we were, we were also struck by these guys like a Louis Giglio yeah. by, by a John Randall's. John Randall's was hugely influential in me. There's two uh, kinds of people in this world. Titanium star car was his favorite. One of his favorite things too. He'd say, you know, like when you get to heaven and God hands you your keys to your own titanium star car, you know, it was just his little, <laughs> so yeah, it was funny, but that dude, man, he knew Roman history. That dude knew, yeah. I mean, that guy was so stinking smart, but these guys really had an affection for for people, young people, to know God, mm-hmm. and uh, and See, so I think you reap the benefits of what was yeah, started yeah, yeah. by a lot of there, those guys, there were a lot sure. of us who were like, man, we're going to make a difference. We I think wanna, what it did is it, is it opened up the doors for us to have those kind of conversations, like mm-hmm. asking the questions, yeah, not for to deconstruct our faith, but to ask. This is completely a different topic now. Questions, <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Sure. But it opened no, up the doors good. for that. Well, no, I think because because good the question of righteousness not by works. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Is the conversation that happened. So I remember yeah. I remember asking some really hard questions of some some really educated pastors when I was like fifteen and sixteen, mm-hmm. and they all looked at me kind of like I don't want to answer your question, and I knew exactly what it was because they had no idea how to answer my question, and. It wasn't until like my junior and senior year of high school when I met some guys that I could actually have these conversations with. Yeah. None of us knew the answers, but we yeah. would ask the question. And so which th- which that is key. Yeah. To have the kind of friendships and relationships where you can ask each other hard questions, even if no one knows the answers. <laughs> we didn't know. But you're at least sharpening one another and you're talking about these things and it yeah. begins the process. Right. That's so key. And I think what happened is is we we so quickly through that community of us having that relationship broke away from this mindset of yeah. we've heard this our whole life. Therefore, this is mean, this means what, this is what it is. Instead, right. we started saying, what does the scripture say about this? Which right. I think opened up the doors for conversation about, yeah. 
these kind of things. So, I mean, you and I were having these conversations for years before we came to a place where we said, yeah, man, this, we would, we would have said for years, we never would have said righteousness came by works. Right. But what we would have taught still is that somehow we needed to live by works. Right. And that's, oh, so I, that, I totally did all so the that's, time. That's the shift, I think. And so maybe, yeah. maybe you're listening to this going, man, I, this is a new thought for me. Like it's, you know, it was a new thought for us a long time ago too. And it's been a process of tune in next week too, though, because I think that it will bring some of the questions that you're naturally having as you're listening to this. I think we will bring some clarity to next week. Is that like a radio thing? Like tune it, like tune us to the channel. (laughs) Tune in. (laughs) Tune in. Turn that knob. Pierce. Don't sum it up again. Go. I'm not going to sum it up again. (laughs) Righteousness is through faith in what Jesus has accomplished. Rest in Jesus. And we'll talk more about our response to that next week. Uh, if you guys don't have anything else to add to that, Ryan, or you were me or Micah. <laughs> oh, you threw me off. Uh, Micah, do you have a simpler hack for us? Yeah, I do. <laughs> do you have a simpler, have a simpler <laughs> hack for you today? Um, it, is, it is time for <laughs> school athletics to start. If you've right. football players, they're playing football now. And if you're a parent like me with kids that play football i just got to tell you the stinkiness that happens when they get in the car after (laughs) practice and then especially the worst thing is their room Mm. like later and i think the majority of the smell in the room is to be honest it's their shoes yeah and so i learned a uh i learned a simpler hack recently for uh keeping smelly shoes not so smelly that's i mean there's a lot of different things you can do but if you want a real 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 simple one you just put a tea bag in every shoe really Cause it doesn't, huh. it soaks up the odor and then also gives it like a smell and you could yeah. add, you could add some like stuff to it. If you wanted like some do people still use potpourri. I don't know. Old people. <laughs> Ryan, you get potpourri at your house? I don't actually. Yeah. <laughs> you could add something else to it for smell. I'm if you want to do some like apple cinnamon tea. Uh, that was, that maybe that's what I was trying to get yeah, out. Like, do yeah, something yeah, scented yeah. that, but yeah, it'll yeah. soak up. It's real. I mean, cause you, there's all kinds of stuff to take the smell out of shoes, but if you want something just like that, your kids might actually do, yeah. you know, just give them some, some tea bags to put in their, their athletic bag and they yeah. can just stick them in their shoes. Yeah. It helps. That's way cheaper. I bet. You just gotta yeah. make sure you don't then, use like, the tea bags for tea. First, yeah, yeah. or after, after, after. That. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, wow, this tea tastes funky. Should, yeah, no. <laughs> we should try it. Maybe we can like get onto something new, like a special kind of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you try that. That's fine. You can because yeah, it, it'll taste just funky enough that you can convince people that it's good for them. <laughs> right? They'd be this like, is the oh, new, yeah, this yeah. is a new kombucha. new healthy thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is terrible. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what kombucha is? It's like bacteria. Fermented something or other. Yes, yeah, bacteria there's, in a, so, you, I mean, isn't that the shoes? Like, bacteria bacteria in shoes, isn't that what stinks? So yeah. You're, a, you're a Parks and Rec guy, right? You yeah, like yeah. Parks and Rec, Pierce. Do you remember the one where uh, Anne and uh, what's what's the dude's name that's really fit? Chris? Rob Lowe. Uh, yeah, Chris. Chris, yeah, yeah Rob Lowe. But they're sitting there and he's breaking up with her, but she doesn't know that they're breaking up. And so <laughs> he's like, here, drink this tea. It's really good for your digestion. And she she tastes it and she's like, oh, that's terrible. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> you know, he's just going to town on it. Oh, yeah, it's awful. It's hard to drink. <laughs> but it's like. We can make that. Yeah. We can oh, make that. Right. Uh, speaking of going to town, uh, Steven's not over there. But <laughs> no. <laughs> but maybe he went to town. Oh, there he oh, is. Hey, hey. I just brought he's him back. up. He's right there. There's Steven. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Steven's kids drove the side by side over to the studio. <laughs> All right. So speaking so, of going to town, going to town on it, Steven's right there. 
Hey, Steven. And, uh, Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're fine, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Steven is at the Garden Audio. You're going to want to give him a follow. Say hello. Go to all of his pictures and everything. Watch comment, his kids drive the side-by-side. Comment, like, and see what his kids are up to. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, you know, we have been talking very briefly. We've we only talked been. about it uh, uh, very recently. I think, Micah, you suggested that we have a you know, like some guests on this. So that was our first, you know, <laughs> was our, first, our guest. first guest was yeah. your, was your daughter. Boom, there. My six year old. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So she stayed the night at her uh, cousin's house and then they were leaving to go to town. So they were dropping her off at the house, but Kinsey wasn't there. So they're like, we don't know where to go. There's cars. There's cars. <laughs> so right there. Well, there you go. Uh, we are at simpler pod on Facebook and Instagram. Go give us a follow and a like. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, anywhere you're listening or on YouTube, wherever you're watching, whatever you're doing, be sure to subscribe, throw a comment on there, throw a review on there. Anything helps. Like the video. Like the video. That means a lot to the algorithms. We are in a social media uh, technological day and age. It's going to help a lot to get the video out there to people. And that's what we want. We want this simpler community to grow, to have more people be a part of the conversation because you guys enjoy it. We want your friends to enjoy it. We want more people to be a part of this. We have found that being in a part of it, being in a community like this helps us grow. Having these yep. conversations helps us uh, grow as believers, grow as Christians. And it's, it's, in, it's incredibly encouraging uh, and it brings us in just a deeper place in knowing who Christ is in a deeper place of, uh, of walking with the Lord and a deeper place of, with, of, of being in that community together. And so, um, we, we are in, like I said, we're in this digital age so we can have that community worldwide. Um, we have this social media, we have these phones, we have our computers, we have the internet where we can do these things globally. So let's all be connected together. Follow along anywhere you can. Like, subscribe anywhere you can. Do all of it. Share it along. Message us. Get connected. Let's do it. Let's do the deal. Um, yeah. It's a lot of doing. We're doing yeah. it. But it, but it won't make you righteous. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of doing. Uh, but it won't make you righteous. It won't. As always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll talk to you next week. Bye.